0: Do one and two. One, two, three. Oh. Oh. Into the Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Staltzer, joined as always by John Paulson of 444.com. John, how are we doing today?
1: Not bad. How are you doing?
0: Good, good. Not, not too bad. Looking forward to another um, exciting week in the NFL. And boy, that Thursday night game was fantastic. Don't want to get too too much into it in the intro because I know we're going to get, get, get into it later, but Jared Goff looks like he is, he's on another level. And uh, I really want to hear your take on him from a fantasy perspective. But before we get into that and much more, tell us about the music.
1: Yeah, I was looking, uh, trying to find a song for today's pod. And uh, this is the, the release date for my man Tom Petty's uh, American Treasure uh, box set. Uh, it's a 60, <laughs> 63 track. Uh, box set, and I wasn't sure that they were going to have it on Spotify, but they do, so I'll be listening to this all day. Uh, they released a, a single a few weeks ago called Keep a Little Soul. an outtake from 1982. Uh, it just shows uh, how prolific he was, where there's a song that's this good um, that was an outtake and not used as a single or used as a track on one of his albums, uh, but really good, catchy tune uh, from the mid-'80s uh, with Tom Petty there. So check it out in the Most Eckers podcast. Uh, podcast playlist, uh, which you can find on Spotify, or you can find a a link to it in any of the podcast posts on the 444.com website.
0: All right, before we dive into the latest news and injury updates, I want to talk a little bit about the 444 League Sync app that's available in the App Store. It's free for existing pro and DFS subscribers. Classic subscribers can use the app to optimize their lineups at no cost for pro and DFS subscribers. You'll also be able to easily identify the players on the waiver wire that are projected to score the most points in any given week. So it saves, saves a lot of time, cuts down on the work effort that, that you'll have to do. You don't have to scour through the waiver wire trying to find a spot start. If you'd like to try out that functionality, you can get a free 7-day trial through the app. It works with ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, and My Fantasy League. If you aren't a 4 for 4 subscriber and you buy a pro subscription through the app, you'll also get full access to the 4 for 4 website as well, which is fantastic. Android version coming soon. I'm going to say that for a little while longer, so hopefully that doesn't get repetitive for you. But we haven't forgot about you Android users. One's going to come out uh, here hopefully soon. Let's get into that Thursday night game. John the Rams outduel the Vikings 38 to 31. Minnesota had an opportunity at the very end of the game to drive into touchdown range and and potentially force an overtime instead Kirk Cousins winds up fumbling the ball and the Rams hold on Jared Goff to me was the story 26 of 33 465 five touchdowns and when I'm watching him move safeties off of spots so that he can create lanes and some of the, the pinpoint throws that he was making with defenders in the hip pocket of his receivers but they can't even you know they can't even knock down the passes Jared Goff to me I've been slow to say this John but he he has reached uh, another level. What do you think about him from a fantasy standpoint?
1: Well, it was funny uh, with Goff was that yesterday when I was uh, looking at my rankings, I I kind of go through and do a full ranking sweep on Thursdays, and I look specifically at the Thursday night guys, and if I have them where I want them. And I was a little high on Goff compared to uh, the industry uh, consensus rankings. And I had him at 10, and I was like, yeah, boy, I'm – a little bit out on a a limb here with this guy, you know, so I take another look at him, and, um, you know, he he was top 12 last year. You know, people say he's a system quarterback. Um, But, I mean, look at the, in the 13 games since his 2017 bye, he's averaged 289 yards passing, 2.4 touchdowns, 0.4 interceptions, and that results in 20.5 fantasy points per game. That would have been good enough uh, for a QB4 finish last year behind only uh, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and Carson Wentz in terms of points per game. Uh, he's, in that span, he's averaging 65.4% completion, 8.64 yards per attempt. Drew Brees led the league last year at 8.1. Goff was third at 8.0 last year. Uh, like I said, he was 12th last year in, 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 quarterback, uh, in the quarterback rankings, uh, how he finished the year. But right now, he's on pace to finish QB6 after last night. And he doesn't have a bad matchup really until week 15, week 14, I guess, Chicago, week 15, uh, Philadelphia. But pretty much green and white matchups in our hotspots uh, reports, which I should mention that uh, this, is, this week is adjusted fantasy points allowed week at 4 for 4. So we are now using 2018 data, three weeks of it, uh, to provide our uh, users with uh, strength of schedule. Uh, that's adjusted uh, based on the, the quality of opponents that each team, each defense faces. Uh, I use it extensively in my rankings. I think it's a really useful tool. Uh, and right now, the future looks really bright for Goff, especially this season. He's just, you know, they, they call him a system quarterback, but the throws he was making last night were terrific. He doesn't offer much as a runner, which is really only his downfall. If he has a tough time in the passing game, maybe he's going to struggle to score some points. But this offense is really checking. And with the the, the defensive injuries that they have, they're going to be giving up some points too, so that should uh, keep the offense trying to move the ball, trying to score points, and that's going to benefit Goff as well.
0: Gurley, seventeen carries, eighty-three yards. He also had six—I'm cat- sorry, four catches on six targets, seventy-three yards and a touchdown. He was fantastic. We figured as much. Cooper Cup. He-, he continues to be. A player every single week that has a very high floor last night he had a high ceiling as well nine catches 162 off 11 targets he had two touchdowns Brandon Cooks seven catches eight targets 116 and a touchdown and Robert Woods despite all of the production that that Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks has Robert Woods continues to deliver as well five catches 101 and a touchdown anything else stand out from you from the Rams before we move on to the Vikings
1: this is just a uh, high octane, very talented offense. He's got three receivers that he could throw to. I think one thing to note and maybe keep an eye on is that Tyler Higby injury. Uh, if it's serious, and Gerald Everett's snaps are going to go up significantly, he could see a bigger role in this offense. It's going to be a little bit tough because you've got Cup, Cooks, and Woods all getting, you know, seven to nine to eleven targets per game. You know, Gurley getting five to six or something like that. So it's going to be tough for Everett, but it, to get a really big tight end share or a target share but if he's playing 60 70 80 percent of the snaps then uh, he's a he's a weekly threat to score a touchdown
0: all right vikings kirk cousins had a nice night too outside of the fumble at the end of the game 36 for 50 three touchdowns zero picks and he was hanging right there with golf uh, for for nearly every every uh quarter the biggest wide receivers are, are, are obvious. You got Adam Thielen, eight catches, one thirty-five, a touchdown. Stephon Diggs, eleven catches, one twenty-three. Kyle Rudolph got in the action, five catches, fifty-seven. I think the biggest thing here, obviously, is Dalvin Cook. He did get ten carries, only twenty yards. He was missing a little bit in the second half, and the Vikings just flat out did not commit to the running game last night.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I mentioned in our via our news feed where they were going to make a cook active that, you know, the, the Rams were giving up 5.0 yards per carry, uh, which looks good on the surface. And from an efficiency standpoint, that's not bad, but they're only yielding 19.3 carries per game. And that's very low uh, because they continue to jump out to leads and teams end up having to pass against them. And you look at what the at the Vikings did last night, 17 carries, they didn't get the efficiency, 17 carries, 54 yards, 2.2 yards per carry. So even though the Rams can be run on, from an efficiency per carry standpoint, uh, the volume may not be there. And cook was not getting that volume in the passing game, uh, which if he was a full starter, you would think he would have four or five, six receptions last night in a game where Kirk cousins, uh, threw the ball 50 times.
0: All right, let's move on to some injury news. You got anything else on the Thursday night game?
1: I think we're good. The only, all well, the, only, the only other thing I wanted to mention was this third receiver situation for the Vikings. Uh, Laquan Treadwell had four for 47 on seven targets. Uh, but Aldrick Robinson caught two touchdowns, uh, two for 33, that? Lord Aldrick, they call him, <laughs> uh, two for 33 on two targets. So I'm interested to see if this allows him to get some more playing time or if they're just going to bring him in uh, when they get in the red zone or they get into the you know inside 30 yards uh, and have him as sort of a touchdown threat. But the, the snap difference here was pretty stark, 46 snaps to, for Twedwell to just nine for Robinson, who was signed fairly recently. Um, Treadwell has been dealing with some drops, uh, but has played well enough in camp and in the first few weeks to, to continue in this wide receiver three role. But that's something I'm keeping my eye on.
0: All right, injury news: Rex Burkhead. This one, this one hurts me, and I think it's, it hurts you as well. I know, I think you have at least one league with Rex Burkhead. The Patriots placed him on injured reserve with a neck injury. They resigned Kenyon Barner, but now it looks like you're going to have Sony Michelle and James White kind of dueling it out. James White, pretty much his role is set. What do you think about Sony Michelle?
1: Well, it looks like he's going to be that. I mean, this is with injuries have turned this into a thunder and lightning backfield again with this with these two running backs. I mean, Michelle's not terrible in the passing game, but he's not he's no James White. So you think James White would continue to get that those receptions? out of the backfield and michelle would end up getting most of the carries uh you're gonna white you're gonna get white with some with some carries as well as they get into hurry up um or if they get into catch-up mode if they if they fall behind and have to to throw the ball a lot then they'll keep white out on the field and uh throw 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 and then run up the middle for eight yards so uh, i think both players if michelle can get it going i mean he's not he's got 84 yards on 24 carries that's so that's not good i mean that's under four yards per carry um, but they drafted him in the first round for a reason. Uh, he's a first round talent. Uh, if he can get it going, you're looking at him as a pretty good RB2 and st- especially in standard formats and probably PPR as well. And I think white continues to be an RB2 that you can plug in there in, in uh, PPR, uh, formats. I mean, he's never comfortable to start because he might have like a two catch game or something. Uh, but he's always a threat to, to catch a couple touchdowns as well.
0: Moving on to the Eagles' backfield situation. Jay Ajayi has been dealing with a back fracture, according to Zach Berman. The injury hampered him in Week 2, led to his absence last week against the Colts. But Doug Peterson confirmed that Ajayi is good to go for Week 4 against the Titans. Corey Clement was also added to the Eagles' injury report yesterday, getting in only a limited session on Thursday. What do you make of the Eagles' backfield situation? Do you trust either guy uh, in, in this matchup with the Titans?
1: I think Ajayi, uh, if, if Clement Clement is out, I think Ajayi is pretty safe, uh, but Wendell Smallwood will also play a role. They don't like to give workhorse-type touches to any run running back, so I think if, if Clement is out, you'll see an Ajayi-Smallwood-type uh, committee. Josh Adams might even be involved. He had six carries for uh, 30 yards on uh, eight snaps last week, so it might even be a three-way committee um, if Clement is out between Ajayi, Smallwood, and Adams, if Clement's in there, obviously you got Ajayi, Clement, and Wendell Smallwood probably uh, splitting up that uh, those, those running back touches. I think Ajayi, though, they wanted to get him more involved, and they wanted him to be more of a lead back as opposed to just a member of a committee. So I think he should trend up once he gets healthy.
0: Leonard Fournette, owners, should be happy. He's got that hamstring injury, but he's expe- he was expected to practice on Thursday. I believe he did, and all signs look like he's going to return against the Jets, and it's a pretty nice matchup.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a green matchup, in our uh, adjusted fantasy points allowed. So um, a good situation here for Fournette if he can uh, play a full complement of snaps. I get a little bit worried when these guys are coming off of a long layoff. Uh, a lot of it depends on TJ Yeldon as well because he's dealing with an ankle injury. Um, if he's not playing or if he's still gimpy on uh, Sunday, then uh, Fournette could see a big workload.
0: On to the 49ers. Alfred Morris was added to the Niners injury report yesterday, getting in a limited session. He's got a knee uh, injury. Matt Breida, knee injury. He's officially full, though, for practice, so he's he's good to go. Do you like that matchup as the 49ers take on uh, Chargers defense? It really hasn't done anything to date.
1: Y- yeah, they're without Jimmy uh, uh, Jimmy Joey Bosa. Bosa. Yeah. Joey Bosa, sorry. Uh, I should I should really know that.
0: So he's got a brother he's got a hell of a, uh, he's got a brother nick bosa at ohio state that's also injured so a lot of a lot of bosas out this weekend what
1: what about tony bosa um
0: <laughs> i don't know about tony bosa <laughs> uh
1: so you know how uh jimmy garoppolo his, his injury is obviously a big blow to the passing game for the 49ers but one player that i don't know that is hurt as much as some of the other players is is matt Breda. uh I went back and look at C.J. Beathard last year. He had six starts, I think, from week six to 11. He targeted uh, Carlos Hyde last year and Matt Breda uh, on 30.4% of his pass attempts, which is a really massive uh, workload target share for a couple of running backs in offense. So he's, he's big on dumping it down to the receivers. Uh, they accounted for 20% of his passing yardage in that span. Uh, and Breda is a lot better at in the passing game than um than Alfred Morris is. Morris is okay when he catches the ball and he's already turned, his shoulders are already square, turned upfield, or his hips are already turned upfield. Braid is a lot better at catching and turning and getting upfield. So uh, I think he's, he's his hands weren't great last year, but uh, this is his more his role. I think in this passing game, he had three catches last week. Um, he's got seven on the season, whereas Morris has two. They've been using Kyle Juszczyk, Juszczyk, Um As well as a receiver, he's got six catches for 107 yards and a touchdown. So he's in really, really deep leagues. He's not a bad um, sneaky start on a weekly basis as well because uh, Beathard is is, going to dump it off to his running backs quite a bit.
0: Shady McCoy practiced yesterday, yesterday being Thursday. He was wearing a non-contact practice jersey during the portion of practice to the media. He was officially limited. What's your thoughts on this? Because he was wearing a non-contact jersey last week and did not play against the Vikings.
1: Yeah, and then Ivory Chris Ivory went out and had 23 touches uh, for 126 yards against the, the Vikings. He didn't run the ball particularly well, 20 for eight, 56 but that was a really big workload. We, were, we weren't even sure that he was ahead of Marcus Murphy on the depth chart, uh, but now we know what will happen if, if uh, LaShawn McCoy is out. Uh, from my understanding, McCoy intends to play this week and will probably be out there. I don't think he's a terrible start against the Packers. Packers' defense is pretty suspect. uh, you know, they can they could be run on, they could be thrown on. Uh, so McCoy would not be a bad start. And I, I would you know, heading into the, the Vikings, I would not have thought that the a running back for the, the Bills would have much value at all, but they did pretty well against the Vikings and I think they'll they'll do pretty well against the Packers as well as far as moving the ball and uh, McCoy will be a decent start in that, in that situation.
0: Yeah, You know, that was an underrated storyline from last night, too. The Vikings' defense has not looked right now, in my estimation, since that game against the Saints in the divisional round last season. It was really the second half. Since that point, granted, they faced Drew Brees. They faced a red-hot Nick Foles. Jared Goff has improved. They faced Aaron Rodgers a couple weeks ago. But even teams like the Bills were able to move the the ball in in chunks and uh, score plenty of points. There's something wrong with Mike Zimmer's defense, and it's not just – Everson Griffin being out so that's something to to kind of keep an eye on fantasy wise too if if you're targeting the Vikings and you think well you know Zimmer's defense has been outstanding they've actually have not looked good uh, in the last four or five games now let's move on to Keenan Allen this one's got a lot of people probably on pins and needles he remains sidelined on practice Thursday maybe the Chargers are just being cautious here but now it's back-to-back days where Keenan Allen did not practice because of a knee injury
1: Yeah, Friday will be key for him today, Um, his practice participation and whether or not he's going to be able to play. Obviously, if he's out, the other receivers, Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams, maybe even Travis Benjamin, uh, will all get a bump uh, in terms of their target share and and snaps and and all that. And I think specifically Mike Mike Williams looks like a good start and Tyrell Williams would become a, a pretty good sneaky start if Allen has to sit, it's a downgrade obviously for, for Phil Rivers though, if, if he doesn't have his primary weapon.
0: Let's talk about Doug Baldwin. Now he's been out for the last couple of weeks because of a knee injury. He was limited at practice on Thursday. He declared himself ready to go for week four. looks like it could be a game time decision with Doug Baldwin. I believe that's the late game in mm-hmm. Arizona this week.
1: Yeah. They play at four o'clock Eastern against Arizona. Um, Baldwin, is chomping at the beat bit to play according to uh sources there i think maybe he even said that uh he's a huge addition to the passing game if if he can make it back uh he was expected to miss two to four weeks i think with this mcl uh sprain and um i think you can't really trust him 100 percent if he comes back but a lot of owners that have doug baldwin don't have a choice and i think he'll if he ends up back in our rankings he'll be Uh, sort of a wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three. It's not a bad matchup really against um, the Cardinals at all, and he's got one of the best quarterbacks thrown into him.
0: Packers, Randall Cobb, he's got a hamstring injury. His availability for week four against the Bills, Mike McCarthy said, we'll see. That's not necessarily a ring endorsement that his wide receiver would play.
1: Yeah, this is a situation where if Cobb sits, you're looking at uh, the next guy up is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, Who has been running as the uh, fourth receiver there? Dronomal uh, Allison would move from three to two, or you know he's been producing when when getting the ball. Uh, so this is not a great situation for uh, Aaron Rodgers either. But uh, these other two receivers are pretty talented, and I think they can step up and fill his uh, fill his shoes.
0: AJ Green has a great matchup, not against necessarily the Falcons' cornerbacks, but the defense is banged up for Atlanta. They're, they're down both of their safeties, so this could be, this should be a high-scoring game. AJ Green owners should feel comfortable with the fact that he said he felt great. He's dealing with a pelvis injury, but uh, looks like he's going to be fully ready to go here. If he doesn't, how, what do you think about Tyler Boyd?
1: Well, I think Tyler Boyd is a pretty good start. Regardless, he's been uh, kind of on fire the last two weeks. Uh, he's playing almost full-time snaps. Uh, Andy Dalton is looking good. Uh, so I think Boyd is a pretty good start regardless. Obviously, if A.J. Green sits, then Boyd moves up. Uh, John Ross moves up a little bit. Tyler Eifert moves up a little bit, and you have to move Andy Dalton down. Uh, it's a nice matchup, though, against your Falcons, who are really beat up on defense.
0: Alshon Jeffrey is gaining, getting closer to making his 2018 debut. He missed Thursday's practice, but it was actually due to an, an illness, not because of the shoulder injury. I, would you would you feel comfortable starting Alshon Jeffrey? Or do you feel like you got to wait another week?
1: I would like to wait uh, after this big layoff. You've got a quarterback coming off of a pretty good layoff. He had he got a game in last week, uh, but you know he'll be ranked as he'll probably be ranked outside of top forty if he ends up uh, playing. Uh, I would still go with Aguilar over him. And uh, there's quite a few receivers I would still go with over go with over him just because you're not sure how quickly he's going to knock the rust off um he's also sort of a this offense is, spreads it around as well so was, you know even if he comes back it's not like he's a clear option where he's to a number one option where he's going to get 10 to 12 targets uh, they've got Zach Ertz, they got aguilar uh there as well so um you know they like to, to to spread the ball around a little bit so that makes jeffrey a little bit more risky than some of the other wide receiver one types on, on their own teams
0: all right, this is not an injury, but Rashard Matthews left the Titans earlier this week. They had no choice. They decided to release him. What are your thoughts here? Kind of a weird situation in Tennessee.
1: Yeah, this is shaping up. I mean, a way to capitalize on this, I think, you know, Rashard's a pretty good. Rashard Matthews is a pretty good receiver. Uh, his landing spot will be key. Uh, but, you know, I'm not big on free agent receivers changing teams at all. Uh unless they have a big upgrade at quarterback which would be you know if he lands and maybe in Dallas uh, the other upgrade you need is in targets so like Dallas would be a good spot for him. how quickly can he get into where he's seeing seven to ten targets a game uh, the other side of this at, in Tennessee is that I think Tawan Taylor is a buy opportunity right now uh, his his snaps have risen from week one 13 percent week two 41 percent week three against Jacksonville 52 percent. Um, Last two weeks, he uh, caught 3-for-32 and a touchdown on four targets against Houston, and then he had 4-for-30 on five targets against Jacksonville. Uh, So I think he's actually working himself into that number two role in that offense because don't forget that Delaney Walker's gone as well. So you've got Corey Davis and not much else going on there at receiver. Uh, Taewon Taylor had a big preseason, had had one huge two-touchdown preseason game, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, everybody thought that he was you know, a, a sleeper heading into the season, and all of a sudden he's running as the fourth or fifth receiver. Uh, but he's climbing the, the depth chart now, and that 52% was, was higher than anybody but Corey Davis in week three. So I think he's, they're looking at him as the number two option now in this offense.
0: Moving on to some tight ends. Jack Doyle remains sidelined on Thursday. He's dealing with a hip injury. Doesn't look like he's going to play. How do you like the matchup for Eric Ebron?
1: Yeah, we had Ebron ranked fourth. Uh, amongst tight ends last week and he got the usage that he needed he had 11 targets he played 88 of the snaps uh, but he only caught five passes for 33 yards didn't find the end zone after finding the end zone in weeks one and week two so uh, if Doyle's out I would definitely dial up uh, Ebron again in DFS or my fantasy lineup I think the tight end position is so sketchy after Travis Kelsey Zach Ertz or Rob Gronkowski um, it's pretty sketchy after that so I think Ebron is a is a going to be a tight end one again if he's uh, uh if he's healthy and Doyle's out
0: Evan Ingram looks like he's going to be out at least two to four weeks because of the MCL sprain NFL networks seen Rappaport uh, it reported as much this week I had to pick up Rhett Ellison in yeah. our league John because Jordan Reed is on by this week so tell me that Ellison's going to go off for about you know 250 yards and three touchdowns
1: well I'm thinking you know two catches for for uh, 17 yards, um, <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, I mean, he had three for 39 and a touchdown on three targets last week. He played 87% of the snaps, so he'll be out there on the field. Uh, the The Saints right now are number four in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. So uh, so far, they uh, haven't given up a ton to the position. Uh, Eli Manning does like to throw to his tight ends, and especially in the red zone or around the goal line. Um, so. There is a chance that he scores a touchdown. You could even have two. You remember there's been a few tight ends throughout the years that uh, from from New York that have surprised on uh, a weekly basis there. So um, I think the biggest beneficiary, though, is Sterling Shepard. I think he'll see more consistent usage now in this passing game with Engram sideline for two to four weeks.
0: All right, before we get into some sneaky starts for week four, make sure to use that code TMAP for 10% off any 444 subscription. So if you've been on the fence for a while, not sure why you would. John's rankings are great. The content is always outstanding at 444.com. If you're on the fence, here's a deal for you. 10% off any 444 subscription. Just use the code TMAP. Why is it TMAP? Because we are the most accurate podcast. So TMAP, 10% off any 444 subscription. Let's get into some sneaky starts, John. Did you, did you have Jared Jared Goff as a sneaky start or um, Aldrick Robertson Robertson? <laughs> Lord Aldrick start there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't.
1: I didn't have Lord Aldrick uh, catching two touchdowns. No, uh, sure. Goff. I had and Goff. I believe I had in sneaky starts last week. I didn't put him in here this week because he was at ten. I thought it was a pretty good obvious start. But um, at, at quarterback, I've got a, several guys I like this week. Uh, but the two I'll talk about right now are Case Keenum and Eli Manning. Uh, Keenum opened the, opened the year with a 329-yard, three-touchdown game against the Seahawks. Uh, he's at home against the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs are giving up a, a ton of points to quarterbacks. They're last in the league in quarterback adjusted fantasy points allowed. Uh, they've given up 8.0 eight uh, yards per attempt, uh, eight passing touchdowns allowed. Uh, so he might throw some picks because the, the Chiefs are running out to a lead and, and Keenum has to throw quite a bit. But I, I, I'm foreseeing a pretty big yardage and touchdown game for him. Uh, and then uh, Eli Manning against the Saints, the Saints defense that we saw last year is not present right now in 2018. They, uh, <laughs> Put it mildly. Be- I mean, they are being thrown on uh, pretty consistently. Uh, they gave up 340, or 374 and five touchdowns to Matt Ryan last week after giving up 417 yards and four touchdowns to Ryan Fitzpatrick in week one. Uh, Manning is actually playing pretty decent. He had a Week one, that was pretty terrible, but uh, he had 279 yards and a touchdown against the Cowboys in week two. Uh, 297 yards and two touchdowns against the Texans last week. He has some weapons in the passing game Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard, and uh, they're using Saquon Barkley quite a bit as a receiver. Uh, so I think Eli Manning's a pretty good start as well this week.
0: All right. How about running backs? Who do you like running back wise?
1: Uh, we talked about uh, Matt Breda. We talked about Sonia Michelle and James White. Um, we talked about Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood if they end up playing. Uh, one guy that his his game logs are hilarious because you're just looking at uh, Buck Allen, Davarius J- Allen. He's get he's averaging 5.3 carries for 10 yards, and uh, he's you know he's getting 4.3 catches for 23 yards. So just on the surface there, okay, you know that's six seven fantasy points PPR. It's that's okay, but he's he scored four touchdowns in three games, so he's their primary goal line back i know uh, alex collins got a touchdown last week and we'll score some rushing touchdowns but it seems like uh buck allen is going to score every week and this is a game where the over under is 51 i think so that's a it's a high scoring game there's a good chance that the ravens score three or four touchdowns and based on what's going on this year buck allen um is going to find the end zone. The last time he faced the Steelers in week 14 last year, he had six uh, carries for 25 yards and two touchdowns, plus two catches for 32 yards. So, you know, all he does is score touchdowns. So I think that that's good for a fantasy running back.
0: Yeah, I would say so. And you're right, 51 is the point total in that Sunday night game between Baltimore and Pittsburgh, which sounds crazy to think about because normally it's... 43-44, mm-hmm. and we're expecting a 23-20 Pittsburgh-Baltimore game, and it's going to be hard-fought and defensive battle. Nope, we're, we're expecting a shootout now in Pittsburgh between those two teams. Rare to say. One wide receiver that you have listed as a sneaky start, I'm actually taking taking a flyer on, so I'm, I'm happy to see him. And it's, that's your first guy, who's Antonio Callaway from the Browns.
1: Yeah, he uh, played just 17% of the snaps in week one, uh, but he's played 81% or more of the snaps in each of the last two weeks. The Josh Gordon trade obviously helped him. He had four targets, uh, three catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown against the Saints in Week 2, and that was with Tyrod Taylor throwing the ball. He was targeted 10 times in Week 3, uh, and he was targeted on 21.7%, uh, 22% of Baker Mayfield's pass attempts after Mayfield came in towards the end of the second quarter. Uh, Mayfield is going to raise, it looks like Mayfield is going to raise the level of this passing game. Uh Uh, The rising waters will raise all boats or whatever the saying is. I think Callaway (laughs) is a a threat now to uh, produce fantasy starter type numbers. Uh, It's a pretty good matchup against the Raiders. Uh, He's got speed to burn. So, you know, I think he's a threat uh, for a pretty good game there. The other guy, I want to keep talking about him because I know that the big game is coming uh, at some point. I don't know when. But if I keep keep talking about him, then that one time that I'm right, (laughs) it'll all be be good. It's Cortland Sutton for the Broncos. Um, He's got six catches for 89 yards. Uh, But we have Josh Hermsmeyer on staff this year, and he's the air yards guy. And according to his site, airyards.com, Sutton leads the Broncos in total air yards. Uh, He's ahead of Demarius Thomas. He's ahead of Emmanuel Sanders, who's off to a great start. Uh, so obviously the Broncos want to get him the ball. They're they're throwing the ball to him deep quite a bit, um, and that's the intent that they're showing there with that with those throws. And it, with that intent, usually follows production if it hasn't already. So I think he eventually is going to have a big game. I think this week's matchup against the, Ch- uh, the Chiefs is fantastic. They're twenty fourth and adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Uh, you know, probably going to be a lot of pass attempts for for Case Keenum, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, So I like him as a, as a, like a dart throw this week.
0: All right. A couple of tight ends before we sign off today.
1: Yeah. You know, I went into last week thinking that uh, Jesse James had maybe solidified his role, his role as the pass catching tight end for the Steelers. And then Vance McDonald just catches two or three passes on the first drive and, uh, he had four for 112 yards and a touchdown against the Buccaneers. I think ultimately when they when they originally signed him, they wanted him to be the, the primary receiving tight end with James being the, the primary blocking tight end. And then James had a, or McDonald had the energy, injury, and then James was playing a ton of snaps and uh, was getting some of those uh, routes that McDonald would otherwise uh, run. But now that McDonald's healthy, he's got the big game. I think he's a decent start against the the, the Ravens. And the other tight end that I, I'm interested to see at what, they do with them the Eagles for the next month or so is a Dallas Goddard uh he had 67 percent the snaps in week three they his snaps spiked the first two weeks it was 22 to 24 percent uh Carson Wentz threw him the ball seven times he had a good game uh so are they going to start using him more are they going to use him as a 60 70 80 type player uh go to more two tight end sets uh, or is this just a, a one-week thing where, you know, Alshon Jeffrey's out, Mike Wallace is out, you know, they're trying to get Jordan Matthews up to speed. Um, so from a long-term standpoint, I am mean, just, just to see what happens here, I think this week, especially with, with Jeffrey still working his way back, that you can kind of sort of count on Goddard for 50 60% of the snaps and maybe he sees another uh, five to seven targets with Carson Wentz and has a good game.
0: John, great stuff as always. You can follow John on Twitter at 444 four underscore John. You can follow me at Anthony Stalter. I'll have some picks uh, for week four available for you for for Sunday. Pushed last night in the game last night between the Vikings and the Rams. I had the Vikings plus seven. Maybe you were in Vegas and you bought the hook and therefore you gotta win. So um, but for the for the season I'm 12-3 and one. Off to a good start. Hopefully we can carry that over. So hopefully you look for that. Make sure you check out all John's rankings throughout uh, the, the weekend to make sure that because he'll update them. So make sure that your guys are slotted slotted in the right way and you got the, the right starting group out for your fantasy leagues. And good luck in your with your fantasy teams this weekend. For John Paulson, and Anthony Stalzer, We'll see you next time on the Most Accurate Podcast.